Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Are We There Yet? I'm Katie Gossett. And when babies arrive in your life, it's a complete unknown. You don't know what you're up for. And as you get to know them, you find there's always something new to navigate. Four babies are born every second. 125 million a year. Each is unique. My son is nearly six and he has a rare chromosome disorder. He has four X chromosomes instead of one. So, yeah, it's very rare. He's the only boy in New Zealand with it that we've found. My daughter is a beautiful five-year-old girl who has been diagnosed with autism and she is just integrating herself very slowly into school. So that's our next big step for her. 2% are born with a handicap. Another 2% develop disabilities during the first three years of their life. Your child is different. A series of documentaries for parents and families who share their lives with a disabled child. Your Child is Different ran on RNZ in 1982. It talked frankly about the challenges of raising a child with a disability. I think our stats on childbirth have probably changed a bit since then, and some of the terms that programme used. Maybe even the title might not resonate with everyone today, but those bringing up a disabled child still face particular challenges. All milestones with my child were delayed. He seemed to be a baby for so long. My daughter has um, learning difficulties and she has sensory difficulties also. The environment sometimes will overwhelm her. When you have a disability in the mix, it takes the already busy business of parenting to a whole new level. Hopes and dreams, we all have them. For a child to grow with a healthy sense of self, they need to be seen accurately, both in terms of strengths and weaknesses, and accepted. When a child is born with a disability, a parent may need to work actively at accepting the hand that life has dealt them, both them and their child. This may even include having to grieve the path that they thought they were going to walk as a parent. Catherine Gallagher, our clinical psychologist, on accepting that reality and our child. So parenting, you know, as we all have gathered um, over the last how many programmes that we've talked about, is, is full of highs and lows and sleepless nights. And although we all have our brilliant moments when we feel we've completely arrived, in inverted commas, as a parent, in a lot of cases the reality is a lot tougher. And it's all a bit more messy than we fantasised about before we actually had that baby in our arms. I had quite severe depression after my son's diagnosis. The world did crumble and I isolated myself and needed to deal with the diagnosis on our own before we shared and got help from friends. Because we've got two older children, we knew that our wee girl was developmentally behind quite early on, so we um, sought advice on that. And just before she turned four, we were given the formal diagnosis of autism. Yeah. And what did you think when you heard that? 
I think it hit me harder than I thought it was going to. I think I was ready for the diagnosis to say, yes, she has autism, but the reality of that still was very, very hard because she's my baby and she's got some challenges. And it can be hard too when those difficulties play out in a public space and sometimes it feels like everybody's looking. Insensitive criticism, spoken and unspoken judgments, hurt and anger parents. We deal with meltdowns and sensory overload on a regular basis and because my daughter, she just looks like potentially she's being naughty and I know very differently that she's not, that she's not coping with her environment. Um, I've learnt to not really look around at other people because actually it's not their business but I do believe obviously there will be some judgement out there. I wonder if part of the issue there is that there's some kind of perception of what so-called normal behaviour ought to look like. But really, what is normal? To be normal, and again, bring out the old inverted commas, has always been really important. In fact, in modern society, the desire to be normal or average has probably been surpassed by most of us wanting our kids to be above average or even superior. Why else would we spend so much time and energy on the latest fad that promises in utero hothousing that will produce a child whose brain development has been maximised? See, I can relate to this, because like a lot of parents, I have put my children into after-school activities in the hope that it will benefit them in some way. Literally, as I sit here at the mic, one of my children is playing sport and the other is playing music. But will it change who they fundamentally are? Probably not. Average is average, which means most of us do actually fit in this category. Of course, we need to expose our child to love, support and stimulation. However, we actually don't have as much control over biology as we'd like to think we do. Our child will have limits that nature and experience place on it. And this is okay. And if we can learn to embrace our own averageness, then we should try and accept our children for who they are too. If we're able to adjust our hopes so that we expect our child to be just who they are capable of being and look to different goalposts as a measure of success then parenting a child with a disability can also be highly rewarding in ways that we never possibly imagined. He improves all the time. He amazes us with some of the things that he comes out with. He learned a really good one last week, which was Mama Meanie. It is hard, I'm not going to lie. You gain patience that you never thought you'd need to have. It's frustrating, but I think you've got to turn it around and go, my child is absolutely amazing. And you've got to look at the little things. Not big milestones, but little things. How amazing is it that they showed you love today and this is the way they did it, and looking at things in a different way. And that involves learning how they express themselves. She's not a really cuddly person. She has to want it before she will give it to you. Um, When she's in a really good regulated space, we have the beautiful cuddles, we have the kisses, but even sometimes... She's come a long way verbally and sometimes she knows when I need it. She'll come to me and she'll go, I love you, Mum. And it just is honestly the best feeling ever. And probably the more our children bask in that kind of acceptance and support, the better they're going to feel about themselves too. I've seen kids with huge disabilities who have health esteems as healthy as anything because their parents have found a way to get their heads around Who have we got in front of us and how can we best facilitate this kid having a good life? I've had other parents coming in whose children don't, on the face of it, have any disability, you know, are acing the world and highly, highly functioning and have self-esteem the size of a gnat because, in fact, they keep expecting more. They, They feel as though how they are in the world is going to be contingent on how well they do at things. So, yeah, disability does not always equal low self-esteem. But if you acknowledge a disability and you name it, does that make it a label 
because not everyone likes that. For some children who are not formally assessed and given accurate labels, the ironic thing is that they're given labels anyway, like pain in the bum or lazy or naughty, and have a think about how much damage that can cause. So if you're a parent who's anxious about labels, think on that a wee bit, because what we actually want our kids to have is accurate labels that get them the right kind of support. And while we're talking about support, the parents of a child with a disability need some of that too. I am a fitness fanatic, so I particularly like going to the gym. I do go quite frequently. I'm a frequent flyer. It helps me feel healthy and strong and also have the social connections outside. The best thing that we found was a music and play group for children with disabilities. Meeting other parents that get it is a major thing. Another thing that helps the household stay on track is keeping it simple. So we don't take on too much during the day. Life's just slower with him. Things like going out to a cafe, we always say to my kids, we will go out for a really good time, guys, but it may not be a long time. Because my daughter displays um, certain things when she's starting to get a wee bit overwhelmed and excitable, and that's when we know potentially that we need to go. And what about the future? If you think too far into the future, it'll actually just drive you crazy. Because you also think about what is going to happen to my child once I'm gone. So myself and my husband are older parents. No one wants to think of their son living in a, a group home, not being cared for properly, not having someone to look after them and make sure that they're not being abused. When speech and intellectual disability is an issue, who's going to be their voice when you're not there? If you look at the bigger picture sometimes, it looks really overwhelming. But if you look at the small things, it makes it easier. So when she achieves something that she has tried so hard to do, and I know it's really hard for her, it's just the most awesome feeling. So that's what you've got to hold on to. So when you're in the thick of it, and we all know that parenting's a bit like Groundhog Day sometimes, when you're in the midst of it, don't be afraid to ask for help. To keep on giving their child what they need to grow and develop, these parents need resources and supports around them of an ongoing nature. If it can be made clear to them that in fact you are your child's sun, moon and stars and to keep being that, we need to help you. Sadly, the dedication and commitment required of the parents of a disabled child can reach a destructive stage when they become dependent on their child's need of them and feel no one else could possibly care for their child as they do. This handicaps a child socially. That comment, again from that 1982 series, implies that parents of a child with a disability can have trouble handing over the reins, when in fact there's real value in sharing the load for everyone, including the child. Often when we think about respite or time out, parents will keep on keeping on, thinking, you know, we'll be right, we'll be right, and then it all kind of hits the fan and they then they might ask for help. I suppose, you know, with my professional hat on, what I tend to often say to parents is, you know, if these are ongoing challenges for your child, to kind of cross your fingers and hope that it's not going to hit the fan is actually not being realistic. And in fact can actually do more harm because what happens then is we might say things or react that actually ends up giving the child messages that are more problematic than we would have liked because we've just had enough. And that's when the reality check we talked about earlier can help to actually go, okay, this is my truth, this is our reality. So rather than waiting until things get bad enough to go, actually, we need to book in regular respite to know that actually this is how we keep parenting them in a sustained way because we know that these breaks are coming up. 
um, and the child gets to get some special time on their own with someone and we get to kind of catch our breath. That's actually really good for the child. And that's the show. Are We There Yet is produced and presented by me, Katie Gossett. Adam McCauley mixes it together and Tim Watkin is the executive producer. And Na Taonga Sound and Vision provides our historical audio. If you'd like to hear other episodes, you can find them on our podcast page at rnz.co.nz or go to Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, keep an eye out for the new season of Black Sheep, a roll call of New Zealand's greatest villains and vixens. And don't miss our next episode when I'm going to talk about frustration. Not just our own as parents, but that of our children and how we teach them to cope with it. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.